Welcome to Inside the BACB, the official podcast of the Behavior Analyst Certification Board. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Inside the BACB. I'm Tyra Sellers, the organization's Director of Ethics. And lucky for you all, I'm joined today by our disciplinary manager, Dr. Holly Semiak. Hi, Tyra. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, this one's a little bittersweet, exciting, and sad, Holly, because this is the last episode in our series covering the ethics code for behavior analysts. As a reminder, we published the ethics code in December of 2020, and it will go into effect January 1st, 2022. We now have covered highlights from the introduction section and each of the first five sections. In this episode, Holly and I are gonna chat with you all about the last set of ethics standards that are in section six, responsibility and research. That's right. In this episode, we're going to review each of the standards in section six with a focus on what's been edited, what's new and what's missing. So as a reminder, folks can find more information on the BACB's website. Specifically, there is the code itself. There's a wonderful crosswalk that compares the current code um, to this one, as well as the December 2020 newsletter and the podcast episodes that we've recorded previously. Awesome. Well, can you start us off by talking about sort of the general purpose of all of the standards in Section 6, Responsibility and Research? I'm guessing they probably have to do with research. (laughs) That is a really good guess, Tyra. (laughs) So Section 6, Responsibility and Research, covers the ethical requirements around conducting research, including research that is conducted in the context of service delivery, and the use of client data for the purpose of dissemination to the scientific community. These standards are in place to inform behavior analysts of requirements around research review, informed consent and assent, maintaining confidentiality, data use and retention, as well as plagiarism and providing appropriate credit. An important thing to note is that many of these standards have been pulled from 9.02 and enhanced so that they include additional requirements or information. It also allowed them to be standalone standards as opposed to having them all grouped into one. Gotcha. Well, without further ado, let's jump right in. There are 11 standards in this section. The first standard in section six is 6.01, conforming with laws and regulations in research. And it reads, short and sweet, behavior analysts plan and conduct research in a manner consistent with all applicable laws and regulations, as well as requirements by organizations and institutions governing research activity. Yep, not much has really changed with this standard, Tyra. (laughs) Okay, well, that's fine with me. I like a few short ones as well. The next standard for Section 6 is 6.02, Research Review, and it reads, Behavior analysts conduct research, whether independent or in the context of service delivery, only after approval by a formal research review committee. Yeah, so this one has changed a little bit. And the standard has been revised to highlight the requirement that even if research is being conducted as a part of your typical service delivery, it still needs to be reviewed and approved by a research review committee. 
And just as a note, research review committee is defined in our glossary. So if you have questions about what constitutes a research review committee, you can check that out. And really uh, to summarize it, a research review committee may be an official entity of a government or university. It might be an independent committee within a service organization or it may be an independent organization created specifically for the purpose of research review. Fantastic. And as a reminder for listeners, if you're looking for that glossary, you're going to find it smack dab between the introduction section and the first standard. So the next standard in section six is 6.03 research and service delivery. 6.03 reads, Behavior analysts conducting research in the context of service delivery must arrange research activities such that client services and client welfare are prioritized. In these situations, behavior analysts must comply with all ethics requirements for both service delivery and research within the code. When professional services are offered as an incentive for research participation, behavior analysts clarify the nature of the services and any potential risks, obligations, and limitations for all parties. Right. This one was modified from 9.02b to emphasize that client services and welfare must be the priority. We also added the requirement that if professional services are being offered as an incentive for participation, that behavior analysts are sure to clarify the nature of services, any potential risks, obligations, and limitations for all parties. Fantastic, Holly, thanks. The next standard in section six is 6.04, informed consent in research. This reads, behavior analysts are responsible for obtaining informed consent and assent where relevant from potential research participants under the conditions required by the research review committee. When behavior analysts become aware that data obtained from past or current clients, stakeholders, supervisees, and or trainees during typical service delivery might be disseminated to the scientific community, they obtain informed consent for the use of the data before dissemination. Specify that services will not be impacted by providing or withholding consent and make available the right to withdrawal consent at any time without penalty. Yeah, Tyra, so this standard has been enhanced to include the requirement to obtain assent where relevant. So that's something that's pretty new to this code and we felt was important to add in. And additionally, we have added the requirement that consent should be obtained at the time that the behavior analyst knows that they will use data from past or current clients that is obtained during service delivery for some research purpose. So as soon as the behavior analyst sort of has it in their mind that they are going to use these particular data or they want to potentially share it at a conference or disseminate it in some way, they need to be obtaining informed consent. Well, that makes sense to me. The next standard in this section is 6.05, confidentiality in research. This one reads, behavior analysts prioritize the confidentiality of their research participants, except under the conditions where it may not be possible. They make appropriate efforts to prevent accidental or inadvertent sharing of confidential or identifying information while conducting research and in any dissemination activity related to the research. 
for example, discussing or removing confidential information or identifying information. Yep, so this one really hasn't changed much from the current code. Well, awesome, then let's move on to 6.06, .06, competence in conducting research that reads, behavior analysts only conduct research independently after they have successfully conducted research under a supervisor in a defined relationship, for example, thesis, dissertation, mentored research project. Behavior analysts and their assistants are permitted to perform only those research activities for which they are appropriately trained and prepared. Before engaging in research activities for which a behavior analyst has not received training, they seek the appropriate training and become demonstrably competent or they collaborate with other professionals who have the required competence. Behavior analysts are responsible for the ethical conduct of all personnel assigned to the research project. So again, this one is pretty similar. We've just added a little bit more information to help to clarify. All right, well, let's keep rolling. The next standard is 6.07, Conflict of Interest in Research and Publication, and it reads, when conducting research, behavior analysts identify, disclose, and address conflicts of interest in their publication and editorial activities. Yeah, so the difference here really is that we have added the requirement that any conflict of interest is disclosed. Well, again, that sounds like a great idea. So um, moving on to 6.08, that is appropriate credit. And it reads, behavior analysts give appropriate credit, for example, authorship, author note acknowledgement, to research contributors in all dissemination activities. Authorship and other publications accurately reflect the relative scientific or professional contributions of the individuals involved, regardless of their professional status, for example, professor or student. And again, here, the basic content is the same. We've just did a little bit of rewording to help with clarity. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then the next standard in section six is 6.09, plagiarism. 6.09 reads, behavior analysts do not present portions or elements of another's work or data as their own. Behavior analysts only republish data or text when accompanied by proper disclosure. Now, this one is in the responsibility and research section. Does that mean that it only applies to plagiarism related to research activities? That is a really great question, Tyra. And no, it does not only apply to research activities. It seems to fit really well here. And we didn't find it necessary to have redundancy and have it in multiple places within the code. So we've housed it here. However, it does include plagiarizing another individual's behavior plan or company policy documents. So those types of plagiarism may also be considered a violation of this standard. This is the section that it just made most logical sense for it to live. That makes sense, and I think that's a good clarification for folks. Um, so the next standard is 6.10, documentation and data retention in research. This standard reads, behavior analysts must be knowledgeable about and comply with all applicable standards, for example, BACB rules, laws, research review committee requirements, for storing, transporting, 
retaining, and destroying physical and electronic documentation related to research. They retain identifying documentation and data for the longest required duration. Behavior analysts destroy physical documentation after making de-identified digital copies or summaries of data, for example, reports and graphs, when permitted by relevant entities. Yeah, so I think this one is pretty straightforward. Given that data retention requirements may differ by entity, it's really the responsibility of the behavior analyst to know the rules and the laws and to follow them accordingly. Right, and so if one entity required retention for five years and another required it for seven, the behavior analyst would comply with the entity that required the longer period, the seven-year period, correct? Absolutely. Perfect. Well, then the final standard in section six is 6.11, accuracy and use of data. And this one reads, behavior analysts do not fabricate data or falsify results in their research, publications, and presentations. They plan and carry out their research and describe their procedures and findings to minimize the possibility that their research and results will be misleading or misinterpreted. If they discover errors in their published data, they take steps to correct them by following publisher policy. Data from research projects are presented to the public and scientific community in their entirety whenever possible. When that is not possible, behavior analysts take caution and explain the exclusion of data, whether single data points or partial or whole data sets, from presentations or manuscripts submitted for publication by providing a rationale and description of what was excluded. Yes, so there's a lot in this one, Tyra, and really it's mostly the same. However, we have added the part about presenting data in their entirety. We know that it may not always be possible. For example, reviewers or editors may request that data are excluded for various reasons. However, it is the responsibility of the behavior analyst to explain the exclusion with a rationale and a description. Thank you, Holly, for this wonderful review of Section 6, Responsibility in Research of the Ethics Code for Behavior Analysts. Absolutely, Tyra. It was my pleasure, and I really hope that this information proves useful for certificants, supervisors, business leaders, and those that are teaching ethics content in becoming more familiar with the Code of Ethics for Behavior Analysts. Well, at this point, I don't know whether to high-five you, uh, Holly, and Dr. Carr, and Dr. Lichtenberger, and the amazing folks that have helped us out with this podcast because we're done, or to cry because this is our last one. I know, I feel the same. <laughs> well, so that does officially wrap it up for this episode of Inside the BACB, as well as our series covering the ethics code for behavior analysts. We really hope that listeners find this useful, that we can continue to help the profession get familiar with this code. And just as one more reminder, you can find all of the other resources like that December 2020 newsletter, the code document, the crosswalk, all of these episodes on the BACD's website. So I suppose with that, we get to say goodbye now. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Inside the BACB. Don't miss future episodes. Subscribe now.